Welcome to the Calming Ground Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Minton, psychotherapist and mindfulness coach. This podcast is designed to offer you inspiration, wisdom, and actionable steps to support you to nurture your inner light. I had such a fascinating time interviewing Tina Kogel, who is the author of Perfectionism Journal, Guided Prompts and Mindfulness Practices to Reduce Anxiety and Find Calm. Tina is a licensed professional counselor and professional facilitator who is passionate about helping people overcome adversity brought on by trauma and toxic stress. She's the founder and lead facilitator of Philly EMDR, which is a private practice in Philadelphia that provides EMDR intensives and the Green Circle Collective, which focuses on providing trauma-informed workshops and retreats for groups and individuals. In this conversation with Tina, she gets into all the nooks and crannies of perfectionism. And what most stuck with me from my conversation with Tina is the paradigm of perfectionism as an addiction and the nuance that we're not all perfectionists. We just might have perfectionistic tendencies. And there's gifts and struggles that come along with that. I welcome you to listen to this fascinating interview with Tina. Thank you for listening. Okay, cool. Well, thank you for again for being here. And I'm just going to go ahead and get started. Awesome. Can't wait. Okay, so I usually start all of my interviews with a similar question. And that has to do with your journey. Because a lot of times there's a journey that brings us into the work we do. And so specifically, I mean, we're today we're talking about perfectionism. So we could talk about that specifically, or we could make it more broad, because you're a therapist and an author. I don't know if you have your own journey with perfectionism or your own transformative journey that you'd want to share. That yeah, kind of brought you into the work. I don't think that I would consider myself uh, like a recovering perfectionist, like maybe some people would. I've always been like a little too like carefree and type B to like truly, I think, be a perfectionist. But I think part of of what perfectionism does is it shapes the narrative of how you feel about yourself. And I definitely had a long period of my life where the narrative about like who I was and if I was okay in the world was about like how well I was doing, like conventionally successful or like how much I had achieved or accomplished. And so I really, in that way, like there was a lot of perfectionism. I also think like, general like rule following or sort of like tick the box of like go to middle school go to high school go to college like get married get the dog have the kid buy the house like this sort of expectation of things are supposed to go in a certain order in a certain way like is definitely a part of perfectionism for some people and I definitely had um like my own version of like what the timeline and like check boxes were and so It was actually, um, I was writing the book. I got the offer to write it and put it together. And I had my 
the publisher and the editor and was actually like, I had just sent my last, uh, my last few chapters and like obligations to the publisher. And I then was scheduled to go on a yoga retreat across the country from where I live. I'm on the East coast. And so I was, I was going over to like Utah for like this yoga retreat in Zion national park and the van that I was traveling in was in a car accident. And so we were rear-ended by, by a truck. And so I then had like physical injuries, like over, like ultimately I was okay. And, and, you know, thank God everybody survived in, in the accident, but I had to take time off from work and I was new to my private practice. So like I had to tell all of my clients that I'm, Hey, I'm taking like four to six weeks off. And then I had to then just sit there and like, let people be okay with that on their own. And some clients were like, I'm going to go find a different therapist. And other people were like, feel better. Take care of yourself. Like, thank you for letting us know, like, we'll be here when you're ready. And then, you know, my loved ones took care of me the way loved ones do sometimes. And it was a totally radical experience for me to spend like three to four weeks doing nothing and having no consequences of doing nothing. There was like nothing went wrong. Nothing failed. Nobody got harmed by me not burning the candle at both ends and like trying to do all of the things. In fact, if I did nothing, like I was still me and everything was still fine and people were still my friends and family and loved me and it was wild. So yeah. um since then I've I've just been able to adopt like a much more relaxed attitude about life and being perfect and you know, even you could like be doing things that are supposedly good for you and then get hit by a truck. Like that's just life. So yeah. And what strikes me about that story is actually your healing your body was in in the not doing, right? Like imagine, I mean, I'm telling that. I don't know if that's true. Yeah. I'm guessing, right? Yeah. Like to heal your body, you just needed to kind of be still. Yeah, I had to be still. And I mean, it's so interesting because like I got exactly what I thought I had wanted to get out of the yoga retreat. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Having this experience of like, slowing down and like taking care of myself like the universe is funny that way be careful what you wish for I guess but yeah I thought it would be like oh I'll take like three and a half days out of my busy schedule to like chill out and relax and then it was like no now you must like really learn the lesson <laughs> and I thought it was especially you know it's it's always amusing to me that I had just finished writing this book for perfectionists and then like my little pseudo perfectionist self was going to like take this like hurried break and then like continue on business as usual and not actually take any of my own advice like every therapist like I don't know yeah. any therapist that is good at doing the stuff that they tell their clients to do but um yeah yeah I so appreciate also that you're able to kind of you were able it sounds like it sounds like in the moment like lean into that reframe like oh this is my time to take care of me. Is that true? Um, well, it's been a couple of years now. So I, I think like the retelling of it is a little bit gentler and 
more reframed than like the original experience. But I mean, I definitely, I, I did some intensive trauma therapy about it. And like, that was super helpful. And I did that pretty soon after it happened. Um, and I also, I, I did decide pretty, pretty quickly into it that like, I was going to do nothing and just see what happened and nothing, nothing. There were no negative consequences. That's awesome. Okay. So I am curious. I, I love that story. And I love how you give yourself that permission and the, and the message in that, right? That, I mean, that's, a, that's really important and hard for a lot of people to do. Yeah. Um, so coming back to perfectionism, I'm just curious when you think of that, what, how do you think of perfectionism? What is perfectionism? Are you asking me like as a therapist, like clinically or like as like a human in the world? Let's do a human in the world. Okay. I think of perfectionism as like a positive mutation for dealing with stressful events. Mm -hmm. I, I actually see perfectionism like generally as a net positive thing. I think that there's a lot of potential to harness in the qualities of perfectionism, like um, desire for excellence, attention to detail, um, having, having standards that are maybe above average for things. But I, I think that when what happens with perfectionism is that it's it doesn't just stay sort of in a specific area. It starts to bleed into lots of different areas of life. And that can be really end up being really harmful because the standards then become like unobtainable. And then there's there's always a chasing of something or a running from something. And that that because that's what ends up becoming exhausting for people who are perfectionists. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I appreciate the both and the harnessing of the, like, if we can harness and channel these superpowers in some way or like skills, mm -hmm. and then it sounds like on some level have, have choice around that. Yes. Yeah. It's uh -huh. when it becomes, yeah, not, not a decision to be made. Like not a, I like, I want to do better because I know I have it in me or, but yeah, or, or there becomes like a negative narrative about yourself because like something fell short of the standards or perfection. Like, you know, I know I've worked with folks who are students and it's like, if you get a B in a class or a B plus, it's, it's like horrible. You're going to end up with a piece of paper at the end, like either way, <laughs> like I promise. Yeah. And, and I think there's a lot of magical thinking and perfectionism or like a lot of sort of making like assumptions about how you and others move through the world that are not necessarily accurate. And it, it really puts on blinders about like what's really going on because yeah, you have to assume that other people want you to be perfect or that other people need to be perfect in order things to happen. Right. And like, that's most of life is not like a neat chain reaction like that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember actually, so I have your book right here and <laughs> And I remember you talking about in that book at some point, I think it's kind of further on in the book. I haven't bookmarked that specifically, but around that distortion, the distortions that can happen and that magical thinking, right? Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that you talk about that I really appreciate has to do with the untangling of 
uh, I might be botching this a little bit, but the concept, at least how I understood it is untangling yourself from perfectionism as though there's the self and then Mm -hmm. there's perfectionism. So many people I hear talk about themselves as perfectionists, as though that is, that is ingrained in who they are versus like a relationship that they have, you know, with perfectionism. Yes. Yeah. So I'm wondering, yeah, if you can speak to that a little bit, that this is that we can untangle ourselves maybe from the concept. And I don't know if this is how exactly how you meant it or how I interpreted it of how perfectionism is something that we navigate with first or navigate through. And that comes back to that choice. If we have that mm-hmm. ability to kind of choose when we use our superpowers and when we let it, let's put that down because we don't need it. So yeah, anything that you want to say around that or anything that comes up for you? Yeah, none of us are born perfectionists, I don't believe. I mean, there are probably kids who feel like more frustrated about like not being able to like get up and walk perfectly the first few times they try it. But like, we all fall on our butt sometimes and like get up and try again and like toddle around. And so like as kids, like none of us were born like needing to be great right out of the bat or right out right out the gate and we adapt to that right like part of it is we maybe we absorb it from people who have a relationship with perfectionism in our lives um maybe we develop that like as a response to something that's happening to us or around us and we feel out of control and so we start really micromanaging the things that we can control a lot of a lot of people that I work with the perfectionism stems out of that um I work with a lot of acute and complex trauma clients and a lot of their perfectionism comes out of needing to do something to feel like they have a sense of control and autonomy and so it it really it does actually start like as a choice of like okay well if I can't stop mom and dad from arguing at home, I'm going to go to school and get really good grades. So like, at least I'm not a part of the reason why they fight um, because I'm, I'm doing really well in school. And so we develop this relationship with these achievement-based behaviors and decisions, and it can start to feel like we are compelled to like keep making those kinds of decisions. And it, it really is... I think about momentum more than anything. Like you're once you kind of start doing that. And I think part of what's also in the research about perfectionism is it is a self-fulfilling prophecy and it is, it is completely reinforced by our culture because if I get good grades because I'm choosing to excel because I don't want my parents to fight at home. Well, my parents still continue to fight because it actually has nothing to do with me and my grades. It's about like their adult relationship. I, I'm getting accolades externally. I'm getting this external validation. I'm getting on honor roll. I'm getting valedictorian. I'm getting into colleges. I'm doing all of these things. I'm, you know, getting awards. People think I'm smart. People ask me questions. Like there's this reinforcement from the exterior of this perfectionistic belief system that, yeah, we end up having like building our esteem off this achievement based lifestyle. And what I find ends up happening for my clients is, and the people that I work with and the people that I talk to about perfectionism is like, that works until it doesn't, because at some point you've achieved everything that you could ever have dreamed of, or like you're in a really 
good, happy place, but like it feels really hollow and empty because you're always used to having gone to the next thing, right? And so that's where as soon as people notice that, hey, the thing that I achieved doesn't feel as fulfilling as I want it to or as I hoped, like to me, that's really a good indication that there's some perfectionism that's like running the show. And it's it's not the relation, you are not running the relationship, that relationship is running you with perfectionism, because perfectionism wants you to keep going to the next thing, without thinking about how great the current thing is, because it's always afraid that something is going to catch up to you. Or um, something is going to be out of your reach. So you have to keep going really quickly. Yes. Which then looping back to your story that you told earlier, which is why it would be so hard to just not do anything, right? Yeah, because if if my goodness and ability is tied to what I'm doing and how well I'm doing it, um, as evidenced by like how many clients sign up to do therapy with me, as evidenced by you know, how many books I read is evidenced by like how often I spend time with my friends or, you know, how often I do things that are, you know, nice for people, send someone flowers, right? Like the the act of doing, like when that becomes the measurement of, of the kind of person I am, like then I, um, I don't, well, I, I, A, lose sight of who I am because then I'm just like a collection of, of doing, And it's then really hard to not want to do things because that's how I gain how I feel about myself. It's how I have the the esteem to keep going. Ready to strengthen your self-care practice? I have a free guide for you to help you identify the areas in your life where you need the most replenishment and learn the next steps you can take to feel more relaxed and restored. To get the guide, go to www.thecalmingground forward slash opt hyphen in. The link is in the show notes so that you can live the ease-filled life you dream of. Yes. And you also talk about the impact on emotional and physical health, right? That this is the impact of this when, when that relationship is running you, your relationship with perfectionism is running you. There is such an impact on all different levels, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if there's anything that you are, that comes up for you as I say that, or anything that you want to speak to around that, like the impact on your whole self. Yeah. I mean, I think like a really obvious one is like diet culture and you know we're we're recording this like towards the end of the year like before the thanksgiving like holiday season and like into the new year and into new year's resolutions right and so it's it's this perfectionism of like okay I, we have to have these perfect holidays we have to do these things and like have these people over and cook all of these things and be this way and wear wear these things and And then when all of this is over, okay, well, then I have to focus on my wellness. Like I have to go to the gym every day and it starts, it's this, it's the all or nothing of it all that is really difficult, like for both your mental and physical health, right? Like there's a lot of evidence that suggests that like diet culture and weight cycling is like really, really bad for your health. Like it's actually better for you to just be a person in a larger body than it is to like yo-yo diet and go up and down in your weight. And there's a lot of evidence to suggest that like 
chronic stress is like not great <laughs> for your overall physical and emotional wellness. And so, yeah, it, it just ends up like perfectionists are putting that unnecessary pressure to, to do things all or nothing. And then there's no credit given for like a solid attempt or like the gym three days out of the five days of the week or whatever you're trying to get to the gym. And so, yeah, it just, every, anything besides doing something exactly right is sort of seen as a failure, right? And, and it creates this binary that that ends up causing a lot of emotional distress and sort of defeat in people's emotions and psyches, but it also then impacts one's health by by making it so like you don't go for a walk after dinner because it's not like the high intensity interval workout that you were supposed to supposed to do today. Yes. That sense of I already fell off the bandwagon. So why take care of myself now? Yeah. Uh Yeah. And, and the cycle of punishment that can come for people too, of like, well, I fell off the bandwagon and now, you know, why do anything good for myself? Um, Yeah. Which can be really, you know, devastating for some people, like when you get into that cycle. Yes. It's interesting because I, I've mentioned to you before, but I run this self-care membership and one of the comments and that I hear the most is that there's not time to prioritize our care in our lives. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, there's not time when there's that emphasis in, on, you know, and it, plenty of it comes from the outside. And especially if we're already primed, like you say, in childhood, to get those accolades or that sense of achievement and value from our doing. It yeah. So it can be so hard to feel that that would be prioritized, that we are nourishment if we're not in the doing, right? Could be, could be yeah. prioritized. Yeah. Well, and I think that people, people underestimate like how fear is like the jet fuel of life. It's, it is incredibly motivating because when we're afraid of the consequences, like we're going to get something done. But what happens for perfectionists, right? Like whatever time you do have to do something kind for yourself gets taken away from you because you think it's not good enough. But then you you end up filling up more with the jet fuel of fear because you're like, well, I didn't do it. I didn't do the thing I should have done. So now I'm afraid of being bad or a failure. And so it sort of like kickstarts the cycle of perfectionism again. And, and people like that, like that's an addictive cycle, right? Like to feel that adrenaline of fear coursing through your body, like our, our nervous system acclimates to that rush. And if you're a perfectionist for a really, like, I really do think that's why it took me getting hit by a truck and like, being in bed for three full weeks and then like starting slowly to like make it to the couch to watch Netflix for six hours a day for the next two <laughs> weeks. Like it, it took that to reset my nervous system, like physiologically in a lot of ways. Yes. And, and I really appreciate the paradigm. It, it, that's actually a new paradigm for me um, of the perfectionism as an addiction, as a form of addiction that we can be addicted to that next hit of like, I did this or the fear of if I don't, then what? Right. I mean, is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. And it makes us do the things we don't want to do. Right. It makes me write the paper that's due 
the next day that I procrastinated and didn't feel like doing, or it makes me do the dishes because I'm afraid of, you know, what my partner coming downstairs and thinking that I'm a slob, right? Like it's, we, we do things out of fear rather than like, Oh, I actually feel like really happy, healthy, and well, like when I wake up and I come down to a clean kitchen and then I have like a stress-free morning, like people don't think of it in that positive light. We think of it as like, Oh, what are, what are other people going to think? What am I, what am I, what does this mean about me if I don't do the dishes before I go to bed? Yes. Yes. And I love that distinction. So it kind of segues into another question, which is around people who might struggle with this relationship with um, perfectionism or addiction in this way. And I'm wondering what insight do you have or suggestions might you have to kind of work with this, to find some ease in this relationship? Well, do my workbook. Uh Yes, it's awesome workbook. (laughs) (laughs) But to, I think it's, I mean, any, any significant change in life, I think, starts with generating awareness. And, and for a lot of people, it's just a matter of like, what, like, what are the actual consequences if this isn't done exactly to these specifications? Because sometimes perfectionism, right, there are the three kinds of perfectionism, there's self oriented perfectionism, like I have to be perfect. There's social oriented, perfect. Other people expect me to be perfect. So I have to be perfect. And then there's other oriented. Did I say other? I meant self social and then other oriented and other oriented is other people have to be perfect. So that can show up in different ways. And we, we all have like some tendencies towards or leanings towards one or the other, but they all show up inevitably in folks who, who have perfectionistic tendencies, but to create awareness around like, like what will really happen if this doesn't get done? Like if the dishes don't get done, if the laundry doesn't get folded, if we don't do like a third round of editing of this presentation at work, like it will probably be okay. And also doing an inventory to help determine like what, what are the thoughts that come up or what is the chatter in my brain when I imagine not achieving the highest potential or not doing the thing exactly as I originally prescribed? Um, what, what do I make that mean about myself? What are the things that I say to myself about myself if I let something slide or if something isn't done perfectly or according to my high standards. Yes. Awesome. One, one of the things that I do appreciate, appreciate about your book as a tool is that it really develops. I mean, deeply develops that <laughs> awareness. There's, there's so many reflection prompts in this book, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that people can only change this because it is so ingrained into people's belief system about themselves and like and how they identify and move through the world that it really takes a lot of different examples for them to realize like how much harm can be done by it but also like where the benefits are I think like some people just reach a point of burnout and and just think like well I have to stop being a perfectionist and it's like well yeah and also those things helped you a lot. So like, maybe we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater and like, 
not everything has to go. We just don't need to measure our, our self-worth based off of our output. Yes. Yes. I love that. The honoring that this is, that there is, there's gift here and richness here. Mm -hmm. And also that again, that I think for me anyway, how I hear you is the building of awareness so that then we can again, feel more freedom. Like, Oh, this is how this is showing up. This is how it helps me. This is how it shows up. And here's what I tell myself when it's not really supporting my growth as a human or my well-being. Yeah. And I think especially um, creating awareness of the standard operating procedures that we've developed for our not only ourselves, but for others. There is a lot of conflict that happens in relationships or a lot of hurt that people can feel because of unmet expectations, because of perfectionism that goes unchecked. And it's okay if somebody else has a different standard than you. And I think perfectionists feel personally offended sometimes by other people's uh, different opinions or standards. And, And I think that that's a really good way to know like how open to other people's ideas or beliefs about like what, what is good enough. Um, how open am I to that? And like, how willing to compromise am I? As a symptom or sign of how, perf- how, where am I on that perfectionism continuum? Yeah. Or, or people that are like on the journey of sort of like utilizing the benefits and trying to reduce the harm in the deficits of, of perfectionism. Um, I think that that's a really good measuring tool of sort of like how, how things are going and where you're at with it. because. Um, there are some things that like, I'm not like, I really want my surgeon to be keenly aware and perfect at my open heart surgery or, mm-hmm. you know, my w- w- whatever, like, I really want my medical professionals to like be perfectionists and like utilize all of the benefits to their advantage of like the, the maniacal, like perfection of of, that is ingrained in like medical training. Um, as as a therapist and as a specialized therapist, right? Like I really pride myself on having a deep knowledge of EMDR therapy and how to do it. And um, you know, I'm I'm a consultant and helping other people learn how to do it and do it well and do it with fidelity. Like I have really high standards in that, but I also don't think that it's the only way to do therapy. And I don't think that every therapist needs to know how to do it. Um, right. And I don't need my primary care doctor to be a great surgeon. I need her to be really like thoughtful and helpful and to listen to me and like, believe me when I tell her things about my body, um, versus, you know, like there's, there's a time and a place for our perfectionism and and not every, not every standard has to be held all the time. Yes. I so appreciate what you're sharing. And I'm curious, is there anything that we haven't touched on that you think might be important to share or might be important for somebody to just kind of maybe hear or mull over? I think that, I think that one thing that I want people to think about is how they use the term perfectionist. Um, because I think it has a lot of connotation to it. I think that 
Yeah, I think I think that if people really like thought about what it meant to be a perfectionist, I think a lot fewer people would use it. I think that like there there are perfectionistic tendencies, but there are very few true perfectionists and um people who like really really need things to be a certain way all the time. I wish that people would would say I have I have tendencies towards perfection in in this area of my life or like my my standards are unforgiving in in this area um and i think that that's a better description and i think it's a lot it it helps us see the benefits in those areas and avoid the pitfalls of of the disappointment when we sort of choose the language a little bit more carefully i think um and i also i also think that it's really important to also note that um different cultures have different expectations on like things around like family expectations or how how you relate to people like externally versus how you know you relate to yourself and so this is coming a lot of my perception and perspective is coming from like a very white western perspective and um and yeah like it not every culture is going to have the same values around um you know individual agency or um you know collective thinking as i do and in my the culture that i have grown up in so um yeah to really like know that it is it's important or it's yeah like one should honor their culture and one should um or not there are no shoulds i shouldn't say should <laughs> as i say should i just <laughs> did a lot of shooting one can honor their culture while also noticing some of the maybe the drawbacks of how perfectionism can sneak into that um and cause harm in in their esteem or their relationships so making sure that there is a balance because yeah, it's okay. And I think the last thing I can think of is reducing or giving yourself permission and like starting that journey is difficult because it is very, it's hard to not care what other people think, but you, you have permission. I, we, we give it to you. You have permission <laughs> to, to, to reduce the the expectations or the standards a bit and um it's okay if if other people have thoughts or opinions about it like that gets to be their business and not yours yes i appreciate the permission sometimes we need it outside until we can kind of embrace it for ourselves yeah uh-huh and then also the nuance that you that you offer both the cultural nuance as well as the maybe nuancing how much we identify with a word or how we're using it so yeah 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 it's a complicated subject for sure I um it touches on a lot of things in a lot of people's lives and you know it's I'm I'm grateful that I had the opportunity to work on the resource and that people are finding it helpful and I also yeah hope that people really like you said a couple of times like see this as a superpower like this is a positive adaptation that has has just gotten a little out of hand Yes, right on. Okay, well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and insight. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was really fun. Yeah. 
Thank you so much for listening today. Subscribe to not miss another episode. And please share this podcast with a friend you think might benefit. I'd love to remind as many people as possible that they too can have the peace, calm, and rejuvenation that a little self-love and care can bring. And lastly, I'd love if you would leave me a review and let me know how I'm doing. See you next week.